I'm Carrie Brett, and this is Shot at Love. This week's guest is Kelly Gunther, and she's a motivational speaker, an Olympian, and an American speed skater. But what's truly amazing about her is that she's the ultimate comeback kid. Her story is one of inspiration. At the 2010 Olympic trials, she endured a double compound fracture that nearly severed her foot from her leg, a fracture so bad, for most, a dream of the Olympics would have been over. But instead, Kelly, with tears in her eyes, got back on the ice. At the 2014 Olympic trials, she skated her personal best on the same track as her accident. This girl is in her own lane of greatness, and she's always been there. She realized early on that she had herself, and it was up to her to make it happen. Kelly's also single, so when we come back, she will share what it takes to have a winning mindset and how having that will help you find love online. You won't want to miss it, so stay tuned. Gunther is an American speed skater who participated in the 2014 Winter Olympics. She began roller skating at the age of six and briefly tried figure skating, but she was too fast for the music, so she took up speed skating. As an inline skater, she won multiple world championship gold medals on the United States relay team. At the 2010 Olympic trials, Kelly made the U.S. speed skating team, but was bumped from the team after another skater was granted a reskate. In March of 2010, she fell during a race and suffered a devastating injury. After intensive rehab, Kelly returned to skating and set two personal best times in November of 2011. She made the 2011-2012 World Cup team and placed third in the 1,000 meters national championships. At the 2014 Olympic trials, she skated a personal best time to place fourth and made the Olympic team. It is my honor to welcome Kelly today. In her words, she wasn't first, she wasn't last, she was always the girl right there. And she's the ultimate comeback kid. And sometimes it's just as easy as that, continuing to show up. So Kelly, thank you for showing up here for my listeners. What an honor to have you. Thank you so much, Carrie. It is such an honor and a privilege to be here. I appreciate it. Thank you so, so much. I want to start from the beginning so people can get to know who you are and how you set that attention to be a skater. And you knew at the age of six that you didn't know much about the Olympics, but you knew that you were going to the Olympics. And it's so fascinating to me because Michael Jackson is an example of someone who knew as a child that he was going to be on a big stage and he never wavered that belief. And I think no, no matter what, you had a lot of things holding you back. So talk about when you were a little girl and I can just see you as a little girl in the roller rink, you know, with such mm-hmm. fierce determination. So tell me about when you decided to be an Olympian. Um, yes, I absolutely love that question. And I love going back to my childhood as that little girl because I can literally vividly remember watching the 1994 Winter Olympics and watching the figure skating girls skate on their ice and tell the story of what they were pouring out to their music, to the jumps and spins. And just from that very moment on, watching them be in that stage, in that arena, I knew that's exactly where I wanted to be. 
And granted, I don't know if I knew exactly what the Olympic rings meant, um, but I knew I wanted to be on a stage like that someday. And I said to myself, as I was watching, I'm going to be on that stage no matter what. Even as that six-year-old little girl, it's exactly what I said. And wasting no time and going to the local roller rink, which had absolutely nothing to do with figure sk- or ice skating, um, I fell in love with it. I just you know, loved the jumps and spins, all of the hair and makeup, but I was a little too fast for the music, and I couldn't hear the beat of it. And I just love to go fast and fall down and get right back up. So I, <laughs> I was introduced to inline speed skating, uh, where I just love to go fast, turn left. And when the gun went off, I just, I went for it and left everything behind me and just skated forward. And for 10 years of my career, that took me around the world, uh, to pursue, um, the dreams that I had set out from that six-year-old little girl. I love this. Well, so I can, see myself in you because when I was a little girl I was I was a photographer but there it was predominantly all men and it was like you know you'll never be as good as your dad you know and and when you're little you believe you can do anything and I think how I got my start in working at the magazine I was 20 but I was so green and I wasn't jaded by the world it was like hey you need to hire me or at least I was going to go down trying. And I think you have to have that warrior mindset. Like there isn't, and and this is the way I approached this show. I was so determined to make this show work, even through a pandemic, even with everything, you know, not working or, or being as planned. But I felt that I had something for people that could change their lives. And through my tough experience online, that became my expertise. And, and I, there wasn't an option for the show not to succeed. And I think you have to have that warrior mindset and you cannot approach online dating like, okay, it may or may happen to me. And I feel like, and we were talking about this earlier, we live in a world where we all deserve love, but for some reason, there's millions of people walking around thinking they may or may not find love. And so for you, becoming a member of the Olympic team, there was just like no option. Like it was, it was going to happen. That was part of your destiny. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. I, it was my destiny because just like you said, I was determined and I set it out to be. And you have to have that determination in you if you want to pursue anything in life, rather it be the Olympics, online dating. You have to know what you want and you have to go for it no matter what obstacles are set in front of you. Rather, it's the biggest roadblock and that you don't think that you can knock it down. I can promise you that if you want it bad enough, you will absolutely knock it down in front of you. But it all comes within within self and it all becomes with those words at the end of the day. You have to have it all as a puzzle piece. The determination, the confidence, the belief, they all really go hand in hand because if you don't have all the puzzle pieces put together, you're not going to be able to achieve anything and anything or everything that you want. And that was the same as I was as a skater. You know, if I did the work and I had all of the background of it, then I knew I could go to the starting line ready to go prepared. And I'm not saying every race was perfect and butterflies and rainbows and neither is life. But once you have that 
determination and all of those back puzzle pieces together, you will be able to conquer everything and anything that you want to. And I think that's what is so important about online dating and finding love, or even at the end of the day, to be honest with you, Carrie, finding yourself. And that is such a huge, huge thing. And if you can't love yourself, you can't love any everybody or anybody else that you want to. It's so interesting what you say about this puzzle piece, because there's the determination, there's the free will and the showing up and then doing the work, which you did. I mean, not everyone can say they're an Olympian. I mean, I'm kind of an Olympic dater, but like, that's the only thing I'm an Olympian at. <laughs> but um, <laughs> timing too. So you show up, but also someone takes notice. So you were on Molly Dare show and Molly is like the first lady of Clubhouse, which I think is so fascinating. And I definitely want her to come on my show, but she's had a guest or two on her show that I've had. And she pulled me up on stage on Clubhouse and you heard me on stage and you wrote me and you said, Carrie, I'm Kelly, I'm an Olympian and I'm single and I'd love to come on your show. And I think this is the cool thing is that Clubhouse is a way to connect it's just a tool. It's the same thing as a dating app. It's a way to put people in front of you and connect with people all over the world that you would never connect with. And I think people have this awful like stigma around online dating and these dating apps, but they're actually a gift, especially in the pandemic. They're a gift. And just like Clubhouse is a gift, because we all want to be seen, we all want to be heard, but you have to be willing to put yourself out there. And I pushed you the other day to pitch your story. And I was like, you can do this. You're the comeback kid. Use that, just do it. Don't think so much about it, just do it. So I'm pushing you, but can you draw the parallels to, you're putting yourself out there in a big way on Clubhouse, so you can do that online. Absolutely. You totally can. And I love that you totally remind me of that story because you do have to push yourself and, or you need somebody to push you up totally, completely 1000%. And you have to step into that mindset. And as soon as Carrie told me that I was like, yeah, you're right. I am the comeback kid. Like nothing stops me. And it's the same as parallel as with dating and having that mindset as with clubhouse and putting yourself out there and it has to be persistent and you have to keep showing up time and time again and it, it is so hard not to get that instant feedback that you may want I will be the first one to raise my hand and say oh I was doing so good and then it, it takes five steps backwards you know because we're so at least for myself like I so need that right away um I don't know if I want to say attention but that right away like gravity to know that what I'm going after is what I should be going after instead of taking the baby steps and just showing up every single day. Because even though you may not get that instant feedback that you want, showing up is just as important every single day. So yes, I'm single. And to put myself out there every single day in a way that maybe I don't want to, it's it builds your confidence and it builds who you are. And Clubhouse is an exact amazing tool uh, for that and also for professionally. Yeah, I think if you're afraid to try online dating, I would say give Clubhouse a whirl because I remember the first, my first day I ended up on the largest stage on Clubhouse 
with Steve Osher, who's the godfather of podcasting. So it was like I like landed on stage with Tony Robbins and <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. I was literally like shaking. But I but I was so determined that I people are like, who is this person? How did she get up on stage? And it was my willingness and my determination. It's a combination of all of it. And I think we're all like baby giraffes, you know, it's awkward and we're going to fall and not walk so gracefully. But I think there's a lot to be learned from you because you did lace up those skates. Let's start with your learning disability because I have a learning disability as well. I was put in that learning disability column, but I have ADD. And people often say, you know, Carrie, I noticed you talk about your ADD quite a bit on your show. And I'm like, well, that's all of me. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's my focus. That's what makes me me. And for a long time, you struggled with this. And it's where you find yourself in the struggle. So can you talk about your learning disability and, and how it pointed you in a different direction as far as skating? Yes, absolutely. I really struggled with it. More so middle school, high school the most because, you know, in elementary school, you're, you don't really know that you're separated in a different, smaller classroom. I mean, I at least not knew no different until I noticed I was quote unquote, I guess, different, um, in a smaller classroom away from everybody. And I struggled so much with it as, and I just wanted to be that girl. Like I just wanted to fit in with everybody else. And, And gratefully so I did have my skating. So I really gravitated to that so much because on my skates and when I put my skates on my feet, I could be that girl. I could just skate as fast as I could and I could beat the guys and I could, you know, give the best of the best a run for their money and be the younger skater. And that's what really drove my confidence. And as I struggled with it in high school, especially because I never dated in school because I was always Kelly, the skater girl, or, you know, I was in a different classroom. And I remember even my junior or senior year, a classmate had said, you know, Kelly, like, why don't we see you in her classes? Like, where are you? And I think I responded back. Well, I totally played it off, but I responded back as in, oh, like, I just have extra homework to do because like of my skating or whatever the case was. And it was actually just because I wasn't smart enough to be in those classes where I was so embarrassed by that. And then where now I'm such a huge advocate of it and I want to be because it's something I'm so proud of and something that I've so overcame of it by opening up and by sharing my stories and by just saying just that, what I said and being so ashamed of it and helping other girls, um, you know, come over that. And it's not easy. And I think why it's so cool as well is because I'm still friends with my special ed teachers and they're not just my teachers now, but they've become my friends. Uh, and I laugh and granite say, yes, they are all my, all will always be my teachers. Um, my teacher in seventh and eighth grade just retired this year. And she, she's kind of going through that process, you know, that I just went through almost four years ago, redefining herself and what is her identity going to be? She's always been a teacher and I still call her by her name. And I said, you know, Miss Birdie, like you, you will always be a teacher and you will always be teaching somebody rather it's your grandkids now. Um, and you'll always be 
teaching me one way or another, you know, I will always come to you for help with my speeches and, you know, whatever the case may be. So as embarrassed as I was, it's something that I'm so proud of because I've learned and grow to have those connections and to be able to know that it's something not to be ashamed of. And if I could go back to that middle school, high school girl, I would be just as proud as I am now then and, you know, help others, you know, sit in that classroom, but yet to be proud of it. Yeah, it's, it's, there's all different types of ways to learn. And Mm -hmm. Robert Downey Jr. has an earpiece, they feed him the lines. You know, Tom Cruise has dyslexia. David Sedaris, who I love, is an amazing writer. He had a speech impediment. And so these people are pretty gifted. (laughs) And they just learned and processed. Their brain was so uniquely different that they learned a different way. And you felt, and I felt this my whole life as well, that you always felt like you had something to prove. And I think when you have someone who believes in you, then like your teacher or like me (laughs) who pushed you up on that stage to give you a pitch, it means so much because you sometimes need someone to tell you, you can do this. And that's why I relied so heavily on my girlfriends when I was online dating, because they would just remind me that someone would love me, you know, because Mm -hmm. I kept failing and I kept getting my heart broken and I had to get back out there. And it was really hard. Since you spent the majority of your life feeling like you had to prove to everyone else that you could do it, you would tend to overperform or outskate the race. And I remember one time hearing Britney Spears' mother say, I never put pressure on Britney because she put so much pressure on herself. And I think wanting something so bad is an energy. And that's why I always encourage people to believe that they will find love and they just need to know it. And I think when you get knocked down, you lose your belief in yourself. So can you talk about that? Absolutely. And believe is such a huge thing and, and proving others wrong. And I say, I feed off of that. I feed off of negative energy because my whole life I've had to prove myself because as you did this intro, I wasn't the girl that was first and I wasn't the girl that was last. I was always right there. And excuse me, I had to keep proving that I was going to keep coming up and I was going to keep showing up in races and in school, even though I had to work harder. And to have that belief system and having other coaches, um, my mom really, who pushed me as well to believe in me, to know that I could do it and I can do it. But at the end of the day, if you don't have that belief in yourself, sure, you can have others alongside of you. Absolutely. But you have to know within yourself that you can do it and that you have the belief in you. And with the proving part, I, as I said, I feed off of that. So I love when somebody tells me that I can't do something because I'm so used to that willpower inside of me and that drive where I say to myself, okay, like I'm not only going to prove to myself that I can do it, but I'm going to prove and show you that I will be there on that Olympic team or I will show up for whatever event or case it is, and I will be there. And because it's that belief I have in myself and that system that I've just created for who I am. And that's really the hints of the comeback kid is because I will always come back and I'll always prove to anybody and everybody that I can do it. 
you know, it's this training, it's a perseverance. And, you know, you said you never became a cheerleader and you never took a day off from training. And I feel like I never took a day off either for, and that's why I was successful quite quickly once I figured out how to navigate these dating apps was I was like the Rocky Balboa of Tinder. (laughs) And no matter what, I just kept running. I just kept swiping. I just kept going. And I think that's the key. That's why I'm like, if you can become an Olympian, you can find love on dating apps. Are you kidding me? But (laughs) when you're alone and so many people are alone with this pandemic and you're in your head, you tend to second guess yourself. And so I want to talk about imposter syndrome because the two of us can swing from this pendulum often. And I want this show to be a support system for the listeners and to be that reminder that we can do it. So can you talk about imposter syndrome? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think coming from such of a high level where I kind of struggle with it as in because I was at that stage and quote unquote the top and now I'm like swinging right back to it where I have to know that it's okay that I'm not quote unquote the top anymore and I can work my way back up to where I want to get to. And it's such a huge mindset of a switch to to know that it's okay to to have it and to grow with it, to be able to come stronger with why, like to learn that identity and that what that is to be able to keep going to the top. Yeah, because you, you talk about it like you're like, I'm Kelly the skater, but then there's Kelly the person. And I had that too, where I had this career and I was my career. (laughs) And then it was like, who is Carrie the person? And how do I split the two when I was dating? Because I was a girl who competed at a high level, but, you know, daily. But then at the end of the day, I just wanted someone to talk to and someone to love me. And so I think sometimes, and I know from helping a lot of women, there's a lot of successful women who listen to this show. There's a lot of successful women out there. And sometimes people fall into the category that they're almost like too successful for their own good. And then that becomes a block. And that shouldn't become a block because what makes you successful is makes you amazing. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't know. Absolutely. I don't know if you want to expand on that or not. No, I totally can because I feel like I fit right into that. And it's hard because being so successful and seeing, you know, other women and having, you know, their VCEO or whatever the case is, you know, that group of, you know, females. And and I think I see it in others where it's it's hard to be able to meet guys on that same field because, the women that we are and we've created for ourselves to be that successful. Sometimes they are not as confident or they're timid because of what you have. I remember I had met a newscaster who had followed me uh, to the, actually the Sochi Olympics from here in Cleveland, Ohio. And she's maybe a year or two older than I am. And she was having the same problem uh, because she was very successful. She was a news anchor, you know, this, she had her bio, you know, the whole nine yards. And she, I remember her telling me it was so hard for her to meet a guy because of how timid they were because of who she was, you know, she's always on TV and she, you know, she had everything set out for her 
to be. And so I, I see it in other women, just, you know, of the success that they have to be able to, you know, meet other guys, but that, um, if a guy loves you, I mean, that doesn't stop them of what success you have. Right. Right. So what I would say to that is she would need to vet these guys really fast. And if they are, that's on them. If they, if they don't like how successful she is, well, that's their problem. So I would just keep moving along faster through these people. And I would not take it personally. I wouldn't let it set you back because I know for a fact my boyfriend pushes me every day to be my full potential. And he's not threatened. Is it easy being me some days? No. <laughs> but <laughs> this is the package, you know, this is who I am and I can't change that. But I found love and everyone else can. But it's a combination of the mindset, the willingness, the timing, the putting the action forward. So I want to talk about the comeback kid because people are hurting right now and and the comeback is always stronger than the setback. But you know, you were named the comeback kid in the Olympics. I mean, that's pretty incredible. I mean, that's your nickname. <laughs> um, it is. But that happened because you had an accident. Can you talk about what happened and how your life changed so profoundly? Mm-hmm. I actually love talking about this as the uh, comeback is always stronger than the setback. And it's absolutely completely true. And walking into it, you have to know it is a total mindset. And laying on that ice with my foot hanging off as a double compound fracture, I had told myself, you know, I can look once because I knew my foot was broken. At that time, I did not know it was hanging off my leg. And I had said, I'm never going to, I'm just going to look at that once and not look again. And that's exactly what I did. But from that very exact moment when I looked and knew it wasn't attached to my leg anymore, the, the thought of never not skating again never crossed my mind. I knew I was going to get on that ice again. I knew I was headed to surgery and knew it was going to be a long road ahead of me, a long journey. I didn't know how many surgeries, but I knew I was going to ha- come back. And it was exactly just like that six-year-old little girl. When you have that mindset, you you have that mindset. And it's that fire inside of you where absolutely nothing stops you. You have that drive. And so having that negativity as a setback, um, to me, again, I used it as a positive and I used it as, you know, I'm going to prove everybody wrong that I just didn't make the 2010 Olympic team. And I now have four years ahead of me, but I'm going to use this ability to my best and I'm going to have the most fun with it that I can. Um, I did all of my rehab at the Olympic training center in Colorado Springs. I never was the girl that went to college. So Colorado Springs, for me, I looked at it as my college. I had wanted to live there ever since I was a teenager and did inline speed skating. Um, But of course, uh, roller skates is not in the Olympics and long track speed skating is only in Salt Lake City and Milwaukee. So my odds were very limited. Uh, So getting to do rehab there was everything for me. My first month, I was a little bit miserable. I didn't have many friends and just, but I knew I was in the right spot and it quickly changed uh, after I met one friend and then that led to another. 
And the reason why I loved Colorado so much and why it was so special and not only became my support group, uh, but I also fell in love with fell in love um, with a gymnast. He was my first boyfriend. The men's gymnastic team was based out of there. And I just remember thinking that like my rehab just became so much more fun than it already had been uh, because of the person that I was with and getting to do that journey, uh, you know, with him was so neat. And, you know, to be able to kind of step out of that world where I didn't have to be Kelly, the skater, I just got to be Kelly, the athlete and step into others world, not only the gymnast that I dated to step into his world and see how he competed, but all the other friends that I met, like the wrestlers, the swimmers, and, you know, so to be able to support them and, you know, watch them grow was, was so remarkable. Uh, but going back to the love story, I mean, it was a true, a true love story at the end of the day. And, uh, I will always carry that with me forever. And to, you know, just to make, you know, I, like I said, I made rehab the best that I could, And it was also because of that whole support group around me um, to be able to push through. And so I always say my foot hanging off was the best thing that could ever happen to me. And having the head doctor, you know, four years later being at the stands at my Olympic race is something that will always be so special to me Mm. uh, because it all goes back to that, you know, support group that I had, you know, leading up to it. It's so nice. So the gymnast, could he do like a backflip to show you how much he loved you? (laughs) (laughs) He could then. I don't know if he would now. He can now. (laughs) I'm like thinking like Mitch Gaylord. What was that movie where someone fell in love with a gymnast? This episode of Shot at Love is brought to you by Akal Chai Rum. Akal Chai Rum is the world's first botanical rum. Recognized by the government of Trinidad and Tobago as having the first new production process for rum in over a century. Akal Chai Rum is an officially protected trade secret. Only the second such protected process in the Caribbean since the famed Angostura bitters by Don Carlos Siegert in the 1870s. Akal Chai Rum is available in 44 U.S. states on chairum.com. Also available in the Republic of Ireland on Stuff You Need. Try some today. But um, I'm a lot older, so people don't remember my pop (laughs) culture references. But it is, I heard you say that one time before that you allowed yourself to look once, but you told yourself that with or without your foot, you would come back to the Olympics. And that is so amazing. And I think you have to decide. And that's where I want to talk about you being single because limiting beliefs really is the block for people. And I feel it's my job to help people dismantle them. And there are a million reasons why you can't do something. And there's a million reasons why you can do something. But if you want to find love, you just can't have any blocks. So you Right now, I'm going to be working on you to join online dating, but you're like, I think I'm getting you to think a little bit more openly to it, but talk about that, where where you're not really like feeling the online dating apps right now. So there's a lot of people out there listening. So this is a good one to talk about. Yes, it is. So you want to meet someone, you want to meet someone organically and you want to date an NFL player. (laughs) I mean, you have to read for the Tom. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I was laughing because I hung up the phone with you earlier today and I, I said, I don't know what we're going to do about her because she's pretty zoned into dating just an NFL player. And my boyfriend was like, you dated an NFL player. I was like, oh my God, I totally forgot. And I had to laugh because it was by chance that I met someone on Tinder that was a Patriots player. And that happened. That's why you can find people that are successful on these dating apps. And I know that to be true. But, you know, you're getting clear about what you want. And you, I would broaden it and maybe say, I want to date an athlete. Because you have this athlete mindset. And for me, I never really wanted to date a photographer because I already, I had a photographer in my family with my dad. So I find it interesting that I never dated a photographer. I have a lot of photographers who are friends of mine, but I can understand that. That's like energy. But that's where people become very closed in a sense because there's a big world out there and you just don't know. I keep thinking that whoever's going to come in your field, what if he's a motivational speaker? You know, like, because you, you're a motivational speaker. Or what if there's something you actually, talented people have other talents, you know? You, there's something else out there for you. So what you ask for, you will get. That's, that's what I would say about that. But also how you ask for it matters. So I want to talk about confidence because you told me the funniest story, like how you're like, I turn heads. Like I, my friend Christine's out dating and she's really confident and she should be because she has a lot to offer. And I'll say, are you ready to go out on this date? And she's like, yeah, I'm adorable. And it's like really funny to me <laughs> because she, she's like, I'm going to do fine because I'm adorable. And I think that attitude isn't arrogant. It's like what you have to do to survive in a sense. And you must zone in on your strengths on these dating apps. So you have this X factor and I'm watching it on Clubhouse. So talk about your confidence. Uh, confidence is probably one of my favorite words, um, besides amongst of a lot of others. The reason why it is one of my favorites is long, like I said, belief, um, because I didn't have either. I didn't believe in myself and I sure in the heights didn't have any confidence in myself. And I think that's why I gravitate so much more to it now. And it being a favorite word, because I work so hard to get it and, I work to have that confidence within inside myself and I strong on my own two feet to be able to, to have it because confidence can come and go. Absolutely. But if you are confident within who you are, you will be able to date anybody that you want to. And what you ask for is what you will receive. Just like Carrie, you just had told me, um, if I'm set on, an NFL player or a coach or whatever the case may be, uh, sure that could happen, but it happens because of that confidence. And earlier today I had told you, you know, someone had told me when I was a teenager, a friend, you know, walk in like you own the place. Uh, and it took me a long time to, to be able to walk into the room, like I own it. And sure enough today, I will say that to myself, uh, if I'm walking into a bar or a restaurant, whatever the case is, when I'm fully dressed up with my makeup on, I will, like I said, say it underneath my breath, like Kelly Walken, like you own this place. And right off the bat, I can see the confidence people see in me because I see the eyes and I see the head turning. 
And there's nothing more of a powerful feeling just within yourself because you know how hard you work to get that confidence and you work that hard to keep the confidence. And like I said, it comes and goes. Uh, but for myself, it, I work really hard to have it because I know that's what drives me from the inside out and to be able to feed off other people. Like I want others to, to have that confidence just as much as I have the confidence within myself. And that's why I want to be a motivational speaker and tell my story is for you to be able to have what I have if, if you don't have it. I know not every woman or female have the confidence within, within themselves. And it's very hard to, to go through that process to, to be able to, to get it. But if you have a partner to help you or a friend or whatever it is, accountability partner, uh, to push you to to have the confidence within yourself, you can do it. And you just have to act like you own the place. If it's starting out walking into like TJ Maxx or whatever the <laughs> store is, wherever the, the case is, you know, just like little baby steps. And so you walk into that grand entrance of where you want to make the grand entrance every single time after that, you will have that same effect within within yourself. And that's where it grows. That's so good. I love that. And I, I wrote about an ex my first date one time and I, I walked into the room and there was like a wind tunnel and I could even like approach it like Marilyn Monroe or, you know, Cindy Crawford in the Pepsi commercial, or I could just let it ruin my, that moment of walking into my first date. And it's kind of funny, but and I overdressed and I, I made the joke that I looked like I was going to host the country music awards with, with what I was wearing, but I was in it to win it. And there's something about heart. People hear heart. They hear compassion. They hear suffering. I love that. That's going to be a tip. Walk into the place like you own it, that you have this, believe in yourself, even if you don't believe in yourself, but there's heart too. And people will see that if you are willing and able to be vulnerable enough to put it out there and people will love that and there's a million people who will love you so my last question is what mistake I always love the mistakes and especially you know I have a comeback hit here so um <laughs> you've fallen down seven times and got up Clearly. Eight. <laughs> yeah. um but is there a mistake that you think would either be around online dating or you made in training or expecting things to happen when you're manifesting big dreams or goals uh, I think right now actually uh being, you know, ready, ready for it to happen ever since retirement, because I know what I want and having to get there has been such a struggle and knowing that I have to be knocked down to be able to come back up and for, for me to grow and to remind myself of who I am, it was almost that exact scenario that I, I had to go through that. I had to be knocked down because my whole life I have been and I've gotten up every single time. Like Carrie, you just said it, you know, fall down seven times, get back up eight. It's exactly where I'm at right now. And it's a learning process for me to, to keep standing up. And that's why I want to be open and be vulnerable because as much confidence as I have and had, I, you know, was that girl that didn't always have it. Oh my gosh, no. Like it took me years upon years to get it. Uh, if we remember, I wasn't until my 
early 20s when I very had my first boyfriend. And that took my leg falling off my leg or my foot falling off my leg to to where am I at today? Like, am I doing something wrong? You know, what is it? But to to grow within myself and to open up and to, to be vulnerable and to help as many as I can from learning how to fall down to learning how to get back up, because I know it's a struggle. I know it's hard and it's very hard to redefine yourself and redefine that identity to what, you know, mistakes that I've made is probably, you know, not being as uh, taking the baby steps and not being so hard on myself since retirement. And it's a, some, it's a huge process that, you know, we go through as having to be who we are now, you know, for so long, I've been just one single person to not shouldn't having to be so hard on myself. And I am my biggest worst competitor always. And I always have been. Uh, to know that it's okay that I'm not at the top of the best speaking engagements right now, but I will get there. And just learning that process all over again. And, you know, my biggest regret is just, you know, coming out of the gate thinking that I was going to be where I really have to just stop and breathe and know that it takes time and everything takes time. So great. Well, I believe in you and I'm cheering you on. And that's the message is like you had it all along like you you have it and if you stand up for yourself and pull yourself back up and get back out there this is your time this is everyone's time to shine and so thanks so much for sharing your story and all your amazing motivational tips and all of it you're just so great i'm so glad that we met and I can't wait to see what's in store for you in the future. Hopefully an NFL player. (laughs) And then you'll have to come back on with him. (laughs) So where can people find out more about you? Thank you so much, Gary, for having me. Uh, You've truly just, we've become friends and I'm so honored and grateful to be on your podcast today. Uh, But anyone and everyone can find me on Instagram. It's just my name, Kelly Gunther. I am on Clubhouse. So hop on over there to find me, follow me. (laughs) And uh, I always say I'm the girl next door. So if you have any questions, uh, whatnot, always free, feel free to DM me. Uh, I will answer the best that I can. And, you know, I love friendships. So if you want to become a friend, I'm here. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> and so this Saturday at 11, we're going to host a shot at Love Room and we're going to take our people with us. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. (laughs) We're all finding love on Clubhouse. (laughs) So fun. So thanks so much. And um, we'll see you next time. And for now, this week's Tinder Tips. And in honor of our 2014 Olympic comeback kid, Kelly Gunther, these come directly from her. Number one stride confidently into that date and act as if you own the place. Number two, be in a lane of your own. Don't skate away from who you truly are. Number three, remember the comeback is always greater than the setback. Just look at Kelly Gunther. I hope you found some of my tips helpful this week. This is what Shot at Love is here for, to help you find love. Keep up the commitment to yourself and commit to helping someone else by sharing this podcast. 
Remember to stay safe and stay tuned for more episodes. I want to thank Feedspot for naming Shot at Love Top 10 and Dating Podcast. If you like this show, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. I'm Carrie Brett, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.